Hi, this is Erin James Brown. My pronouns are she, her, and hers, and I serve as the interim site pastor at Urban Village Church, Edgewater. Urban Village Church does bold, inclusive, and relevant ministry for people who were traumatized by church, people who feel overchurched, and even the non-churched folks. If you identify with any of these signifiers, we're so glad you're listening. Would you consider helping us continue this Jesus-loving ministry in and across Chicago and over the internet? You can make a generous recurring gift by going to our website, urbanvillagechurch.org backslash give. And thanks for helping us with your ears, actions, and dollars to build up God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And now, here's the latest sermon. My name is Laura. I also go by Jalen's mom. (laughs) My pronouns are she, her, hers. Our scripture reading today is from Psalm 8. O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouths of babes and infants. You have founded a bulwark because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all the things under their feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the air and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas, O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning again. My name is Erin James Brown. My pronouns are she, her, and hers. I serve as the site pastor here at, or the interim site pastor here at Urban Village Church Edgewater. Uh, On March 31st, you can learn more about what uh, our new staffing restructure will look like Um, at our town hall, but let's pray before we get started. God, you take delight in your creation, and your wisdom sings over all the earth. Invite us into your joyful being, knowing where you are and being known in our beginning, in our sustenance, in every redemption that we may manifest your unity of forgiveness and restoration, sharing that ministry in which you have entrusted in us to reflect your majesty. Give us acts of faith, hope beyond disappointment, and love that endures, God. It is in the name of our brother and friend Jesus that we pray. Amen. I learned this fascinating thing this week that I just can't help but share with you. Psalm 8, one of the most beautiful psalms, one of the most popular psalms, was the first psalm to reach the moon. Did you know that? On Apollo 11, the first flight to land on the moon in 1969, do you remember that? Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin carried with them, based from the Vatican, uh, given to them from the Vatican, Psalm 8. As the astronauts glided over the blue expanse of God's handiwork, the words of this psalm bounced around the interior of the spacecraft, saying, O Lord, our sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. 
And although we have been called, just like those astronauts, to care for the majestic earth God created, we have not always cared so faithfully for the masterful skills of God's hands among us. We have become complacent with the greed of corruptions that suck the whole fracking earth dry from its sustaining nutrients. We've become complicit in the never-ending pit of consumption, in the pits of our stomachs, this need for more things, new things, more gear to make us stronger and faster and skinnier and cuter. And then the algorithms don't help, do they? They're this creeping thing of sales and commodification taking over International Women's Day to make a profit and prey on my need for more cute boots, which is a real need. We have been seduced by the denial of analysis and denial of our contributions and denial of harmful effects on us because of the fear of the outcome is so great. Not only that, we are, let's face it, a sweaty bunch, a sweaty, smelly bunch. And often we believe in this lie that there is not enough, that it's all about get mine and get out. And so instead we decide to wage war and have questionably consensual sex and we force others into work and overwork until they are tired to the bone just to fill our deep need for cute boots. Our lack of care for the sheep and oxygen, the dismissal of the black rhino and the Bengal tiger and the coral reef as not my problem does not acknowledge our interconnectedness as creation. And so we just dismiss the animals by succumbing to the overwhelming anxiety of environmental effects of pollution. We dismiss the excessive and illegal dumping that increases health risks and premature deaths of our fellow creatures. So this week at Urban Village Church, we have entered into a new season of the church calendar. The sermon, it's called Lent, it's this 40 days marching us towards Jesus's death on the cross. And while the beginning of my sermon sounds a little terrifying and troubling, it is because we at this time in our spirits reflect this, the, the regular rhythms of our lives, that there are times in our life when grief and sorrow feel so real and overtake us so much. And so therefore it is appropriate for the church to make space in our calendar for that time of reflection and redemption at that time of asking and deliberating for forgiveness. And so Lent is that time, those basically six weeks before we lead up to the story of, guess what, spoiler alert, there is resurrection in the end. And so Urban Village Church, this church that stretches across the city of Chicago, that is in four locations, Roland represent, he's here from our South Loop site, uh, we, have all, we are all sites committed to God's justice and work of redemption of the earth as well as in heaven. And so these four sites have begun this new sermon series called Sorry Not Sorry. Sorry, Demi Lovato, that we stole your really awesome, passionate song. But we are talking all these next six weeks about the power to free ourselves up from the shame of our past. What kind of power do we wield when we take out the bolt cutters of God and, sh and uh, of God shed and cut out those toxic people and traumatic events with the power of forgiveness. And so we'll be talking for six weeks. What kind of person is crowned with glory and honor and anger of God? And what does that have to do with a righteous, 
rebellious power to forgive those who have hurt you and forgive yourself. Because the truth of human nature, the truth of those who are a little more lowly than God, the truth is we continue to harm ourselves and each other. We have this human, human propensity to perpetuate disasters, to take cycles of harm and cycle them through to harm others, to line up as this human chain of pain, inflicting future pain on generations upon generations. And the first step in freedom from, from pain, in breaking those cycles of oppression and busting up chains that enslave us is acknowledgement. Acknowledgement that there is pain and trauma. There is anger and abuse and misuse and hurt. And acknowledgement, let me just tell you, is not a passive act. It's not just a hamby-pamby way of saying, oh yeah, I'm sorry. Acknowledgement is actually a critical analysis of history, the hard, introspective work of the self and the refusal to be not dominated by fear. And so acknowledgement is actually a powerful act of forgiveness to say, oh heaven, yeah, I'm sorry. I need your forgiveness. The need to forgive ourselves and the need to forgive others and get over ourselves is, the, uh, in, is to be a religious renegade of God's creation, who God has created us to be. It's the need to ask for forgiveness of our neighbors for the muck we've created in our own lives and in our own neighborhoods. It's actually this taking of the crown. Do you remember this scene from the best movie ever, Mean Girls, where she gets the crown and takes it and cracks it open, passing around the crown to the rest of the people in, uh, in, the, in the stands? Uh, because God's glory needs its help shining and sharing around with each other. The glory of God pushes out the darkness of fear and shame and God's glory reflects off all those crowns that you and I wear to shine the light and, not, and knock out all the darkness because the darkness cannot and will not and shall not overcome. So we can forgive ourselves. We, and when we do, we free ourselves up from the shame of our past in order to prevent the trauma of the future. Rather than beating ourselves up over and over, punishing ourselves for our lack of morality, our lack of concern for the least of these, our lack of energy to give a flying freak about others because we're just trying to hold our own head up when our neck feels so weak, rather than giving into the shame that consumes our hearts, we are given courage to silence the enemy from our God. And so we can say, shut your mouth. Forgiveness gives us the courage to say, shut your mouth, get out of my face because I serve a God who is not ashamed of me. Forgiveness gives us the courage and we are able to stand up to the, harmful, the hurtful and harmful because we are no longer carried around by our insecurities, but uplifted by the God who has whipped the whole world into being. And God said, holy heaven, you are my beloved child. So the pain you caused does not define who you are because you are a beloved child of God. And when we forgive others, who have manipulated us into further abuse because they've invited us or maybe involved us in it. We're not taking the loser's way out by offering forgiveness, but we are willing to say, my God has given me the courage in my gut to live this life, not by the rules that everyone else lives by, but by God's rules. And God rules with an iron fist of extravagant love, wasteful mercy, and quake in your boots kind of justice. So forgiveness gives us the endurance to sustain and to say, it's not too late. To say, nothing is beyond God's control. As oceans warm 
Extreme weather becomes the norm, and legislators fear the loss of burgers and, the, and fear lectures from children who are talking about climate change. Our God looks around at this earth which God has created and says, it's not too late for forgiveness and redemption. And so, church, we believe it's not too late. What are human beings that you are mindful of them, God? Because God saw this whole world in God's hands and figured God could work with that. Nothing is beyond God's redemption. Therefore, our mistakes and our past and our abuse of the earth is not actually beyond God's redemption. Our mistakes and our past and our abuse of each other is not beyond God's reparations for creation. The mistakes of our past and abuse of ourselves is not beyond God's power to restore our own glory. Our God of power, might, our God who has breath to cast wind over the chaos and spark creation can work with the death that we've dealt to ourselves and to each other. So when we ask for forgiveness, we open ourselves up to liberty, sharing forgiveness with others so lavishly. And forgiveness is actually a strong person's way of saying, harm does not have control over me. I will not be lulled into inaction or seduced into slumber to say that there's too much work out there, too many wrongs to be righted, and I, all this mess that we've created from generation to generation. And actually, forgiveness says, I may feel held down. I may have a ton of fears, but I have the ability to see that this creation, which appears out of control, and I can recognize the God I worship who created it and is in control. Because you know, church, the stars are boiling, bubbling soups of hydrogen, gases swirling and popping into these bright explosions of light, explosions that are worship to our God who is in control. The sky keeps fracturing and splintering and the light from our greatest star, the sun, starts bobbing and bouncing off of all these molecules crammed into our space, which creates the sky, the color blue above our heads. And this is the glory of our God. And then the moon drags across the surface of the earth, creating new shapes as it pushes and crashes against the rocks. And this constant dragging and pulling is honor to our God because our God does, doesn't just leave us on our own, but our God intervenes and comes to be with us. Our God does this not just for you and for me, but for the whole wide world, for all of God's unwieldy creation, which God loves and forgives and has the power to redeem. And so, if you'll indulge me, I'm going to read Psalm 8 again in the EJB version of the Bible, which is the Aaron James Brown version translation. My Old Testament Hebrew once would tell us, she would give us extra points if we translated Hebrew texts into a new translation for our context. I think I misunderstood the assignment because then I decided to translate a passage into leprechaun. Uh, which was not what she meant by it. I think she actually meant more of a context where our community would understand it. And so here is the EJB version, not the leprechaun version of Psalm 8. Good God who is in control. Even when it appears the world is spinning out of chaos, you have crowned the littlest ones with glory. The future generations, God, will lead the way to your redemption and silence the stupidity of our past. And God, we are not threatened by their tongues. We look at the sky, the stars you 
sculpted with care. And when we look through our telescopes and see the indentations of your thumbs that you left on the moon's surface, how, oh God, can we doubt your care for us, your creation? You are God and you created all human beings in your image. There was not a popularity contest. There was no beauty or talent portion of this competition. You, God, made all of us homecoming kings and queens and gender non-conforming authorities of your glory because your glory knows no bounds. Your glory is tied up, God, in the, in the oxen and the sheep. Your glory, God, is tied up in the giant pandas and the whooping crane. Your glory, God, sparkles off of our crowns onto the blue whale and the blue sage. You called humans, those non-conforming authorities of your glory, to spread your glory on thick. Let it seep out onto the snow leopards and the snow berries and the sea otters because you are our God and your creation is majestic. Your fingers sculpted the sun and the moon, and it curled the baby's ear. And so you saw this brooding chaos and said, I can work with that. So you startle us with grace and love as we commune with each other. Forgive us, God, for we know not what we do, so that we may live and praise your majestic name. Amen.